the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Someone recently said, and it stuck with me, they said, God didn't call us to be faithful. He called us to be fruitful. And that really took me by a storm, and I had to think about that. And that's true. God said, be fruitful and multiply in the garden. He called us to be fruitful. He wants us to produce something. But I got to thinking about it. I don't know a lot of fruitful people that aren't faithful. If you try to be fruitful without being faithful, you end up being a fruit loop. That's why there's so many fruity people in this world, right? Turn to Hebrews chapter 3. If God is good, say amen. amen. Woo! All the time. I love him with all my heart. I got to be faithful. I'm sorry. Hebrews 3, verse 1. I still hear pages turning. I love that sound. Men singing, pages turning. People reciting the Lord's, uh, the sinner's prayer. Those are my favorite sounds in the world. What was that? Wheelchairs locking. <laughs> I've never seen anybody heckled so much in his own church. Huh? And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and who are partners with those called to heaven, that's us. Think carefully about this Jesus, whom we declare by to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God. Say faithful to God. He was faithful to God who appointed him just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds the house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. It says, Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. Say faithful in God's house. Do you, do you remember all the things that those people put Moses through? I mean, they were complaining and, and he, had to, he had the enemy on one side and the Red Sea on the other. He was dealing with Pharaoh that could have had him killed. I mean, there was a lot of tricky situations. There were sticky situations. There was messy situations with messy people for 40 years out in the wilderness. And I'll tell you what, if you're a young budding leader in here, you need to study the life of Moses. Because Moses learned to adapt and overcome. But one thing Moses never did was he never quit. He was faithful to God. He didn't even want to be in the beginning. If you saw the transaction between God was trying to tell him from the burning bush that I need you, Moses, and Moses saying, you got the wrong guy. But Moses, just like me, he didn't think that his voice was all that good. But he was faithful in all of God's house when God needed him. 
Lots of challenges, but he never quit. He just adapted. Through hardship, through pain, through personal suffering, he was faithful. It says his work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, Jesus, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house. Did you know you're God's house? You're a temple of the living God. He lives, He dwells in you. And Jesus is in charge of you. Because you're God's house. If we keep, say keep. Keep our courage and remain, say remain. Confident in the hope of Christ. Keep and remain. That sounds like faithfulness, doesn't it? Are you keeping and remaining? We've been in a series entitled The House of God. We, last week we said it was warm and inviting. Before that we said it was this and that. This week we're calling it part six, The House of the Faithful. God's house is a house full of faithful people. To be faithful is to be reliable, steadfast, and unwavering. If you have your sheets that have the blanks on them and you want to fill out the missing word there, it's unwavering. To be faithful is to be reliable. It's to be steadfast and unwavering. The only thing some of us are faithful to these days is our couch. <laughs> Some of us change jobs, change churches, like we change our smelly socks. I mean, it's just like a anytime something starts to smell a little bit, they're out of there. <laughs> Many people are only faithful to their flesh. That's, that's what determines their faithfulness. Have you ever heard of Rick Warren, pastor of the Saddleback Church? He's a great teacher on leadership and such. In an article called Seven Ways God Will Evaluate Your Faithfulness, I thought he hit the nail right on the head. When God's asked, when we have that meeting with God, you know, it's appointed a man wants to die, then what? The judgment. And when we stand with Jesus and we give an account for our lives, these are the things he's liable to ask when he asks, Are we faithful? Do you possess right values? Were you faithful about the right things? Number two, do you care for the interest of others? Number three, do you live with integrity before an unbelieving world? See, the world, they, they don't know what to do with somebody with character and integrity. They're not used to that. It causes them to stop and think. Number four, do you keep your promises? Number five, do you develop your God-given gifts or you just let them sit there dormant? Never. Some of you, everybody understands that God has given us all gifts and abilities, right? Maybe you haven't discovered yours. Maybe you didn't know you have them, but you do. And it's up to us to discover what God has given us so that we can use it for His kingdom. Number six, do you obey God's commands? Do you do what He says? And number seven, do you pass on what you learn? Because I can tell you, God's all into discipleship, disciple-making. And we're all disciple-makers. No matter where you're at, there's somebody that you can help in some kind of way. And you can be faithful. You know, I think about Moses was faithful. But what about Noah? 
You know, they say it, Noah's the one that built the big boat. You remember that story? <laughs> they say that it probably took Noah a hundred years to finish that big ark. You know, back then they didn't have Makita and DeWalt and power drills and saws and chainsaws. I mean, they probably did good to have an axe to cut the trees down that he had to make notches and, and build this big boat. And he's building it out here on dry land for a hundred years. Have you ever worked on a project took a hundred years? Stand up if that's you. No, you can, probably can't stand up if that's you. <laughs> Some of you feel like, oh, it's been a long time, but not a hundred years. And the whole time it says that he's preaching to this generation, y'all get ready to get on the boat. Why don't you come help me? And they're like, dude, we're not helping you build some boat out here on dry land. How are you going to get it to the water? And they're thinking he's crazy. He's psycho. And there's got to be times when he was down about it. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. His wife's got to be saying, Noah, are you going out there again? Don't you care? And he's got personal problems. How many of you have had personal problems in your families and stuff? We all do. Noah could have said, God, you know, I would have gave you a couple weeks, but a hundred years about this flood thing that I, you know, most people, they, they say I'm crazy for, for even believing that, but here he is giving everything he has day after day after people making fun of him day after day. And guess what? He saved mankind. There was only eight people on that boat. Everybody else was unfaithful. But Noah and his boys and their wives and his wife were the only ones he could convince to get on the boat and be saved. But thank goodness that Noah was faithful and that all of mankind wasn't wiped out because of their unfaithfulness. Faithful people make God's house beautiful. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean literally. Faithful people make God's house beautiful. I think of Patty Wilson back there. She comes two or three hours every week to come and clean God's house. For over 15 years, I would say, something like that, she's been faithful. Nobody knows about it. She's not doing it to get any credit. She don't even want anybody to know. She's probably mad. I'm going to get it after this service. But she's faithful. And she makes God's house beautiful. And she's got a crew of people working with her. And you also make God's house beautiful. There's so many things. I think about Brother Tom. How many hats he wears. You know, he walks grooves around this building. There's a trench out there. You know, cars be falling over in it. Where he has walked around this building just praying for you. For years and years and years. Faithfulness. And uh, think about Anita, who's... Probably in the back right now. No, she's right there. It's so unusual to see. And Denise, where's Denise? It, it's so wonderful to have you here in the service today to hear this, but you guys are so willing to, to give up their opportunity to be in the service and to relax, but they're back there with the children week after week. And when people, other people who work back there aren't faithful, they take their spot because they're not willing for the kids to suffer. And they, they care about the little ones and just faithful. And everywhere I look at it, somebody's saying, well, he's not calling my name. No, 
I, I believe this is a faithful church. Almost everybody in here is faithful in your own way. So don't get upset if I don't call your name. I just can't sit here all day and call everybody's name. But I think about the praise team. I call them a whole bunch at once. Some of them have been on the praise team for over 20 years now. And do you know they, they not only are faithful every Sunday to be here, they, they practice on Wednesdays. And I know my mom always says, why are you still at the practice? You've been doing it 20 years, you know, 30. I've been doing it 35 years. You still got to practice at it? Well, there's new songs to learn stuff, you know. How many saw that interview with Alan Iverson? He plays with the Philadelphia 76ers. He, basketball great, you know, from back in the early 2000s, probably, probably a Hall of Famer. They interviewed him, and they were asking him about why he doesn't try hard at practice or something. He said, practice? Practice? This was on live te television. You asking me about practice? He said, I'm a, I'm a future NBA Hall of Famer. And you asking me about practice? See, practice to him wasn't important because he's a future NBA Hall of Famer. He's got the gifts to, to, to back it up. But the rest of us, we got to practice. Yeah. Aren't you glad our praise team practices? Yeah. Woo! They didn't practice this Wednesday, by the way. <laughs> but still did a good job. So much faithfulness behind the scenes. You know, new people come here and they think we just, it just happens this way. That everything, you know, everything is nice and in order and, and uh, it's just beautiful by accident, but it's not. Anything that's beautiful in this world is, is by design. I can assure you of that. Psalms 1.3 says they are like trees planted. Talking about faithful people. Say planted. See, that's what faithfulness does. It plants you along the riverbank so you can bear fruit each season. And your leaves will never, never wither and, they'll, and you'll prosper in all you do. That's God's plan. You know, this job hopping, this church hopping, this always looking for a better... You know, when I got in the band, Soul Food, that I've been in over 25 years now, I saw people all around me that were starting bands and they would leave to get in a better band or they would fire this person to get in a better band. All of them trying to work their way up the ladder. What, one in a million to succeed in the music industry? One in 20 million or something? You know what? Faithfulness has given me a band of brothers that I have done life with. Way more precious than any fame or riches or anything. It's given me people to live with and to do life with. And we bared with each other. Ain't that right, Tony? I had Tony in a headlock before. I mean, just, you know, we're brothers. And we've done life together. We, our family, in fact, after this, before we go to the nursing home, we're going to eat together. It's just my favorite time of the month to get together with my brothers. And they've been so faithful. Faithful roots go down deep. When you're faithful, you stay planted, you grow roots. And then that holds on for when the hard times come. And, and every wind and contrary wind in the world doesn't blow you over and mess you up and make you have to start all over again. How many of you keep switching and changing and trying and, then, and every time you get 
You turn around, you get blown down again. These faithful folks in this church, the ones who've been here 10, 15, 20, 25 years, they've been through a lot of stuff. Nobody said it was easy being faithful. But they're what's making it beautiful today. And I want to thank each and every one of you. And some of you are saying, well, uh, you know, I ain't been here 10 years, but I've been faithful the three months I've been here. Thank you. I'm just recognizing, you know, the extreme examples. But thank each and every one of you for your faithful service to the house of God. Faithfulness is beautiful. You know what? You know what's ugly? Not this face. <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know. Proverbs twenty five nineteen says, "Putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing on a broken tooth, or walking on a lame foot." Have you ever done it? How many of you ever led anything? You led a group or a department or a job? What's it like when people don't call in, don't show up, all these things, unreliable? Isn't it like chewing with a broken tooth? Maybe some of you aspire one day to be a leader. Let me tell you something. Whatsoever man uh, plants, that will he also reap. Whatsoever he sows, he will also reap. If you want faithful people under you, you need to be faithful. You need to set the example. Because you don't, it's hard to get anything done when you don't even know if your people are going to show. But many people say, but I want to be faithful, Pastor, but I can't. You know, I got good intentions. How many's got a good heart? You can, it's hard to look at somebody and say they don't at least have a good heart. They want to do. We all want to. We all got good intentions, but intentions don't get you to your destination. Everybody wants to be faithful, but many of them say, I'm just too busy. I would be faithful, but man, you don't know my schedule. <laughs> They've been saying that since Jesus' day. It was, you think back then it had been easy. No. Luke 14, 18, he, said, he says that they were having a party at Jesus' house, but they all began to make excuses. One said, I just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. And another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I'm blaming on the wife, yeah. <laughs> Can I say something without hurting your feelings? We all have the same 24 hours in a day. Let that sink in a minute. Because there's faithful people sitting on your row. And you're saying you can't be faithful. But they can. And you have the same 24 hours they do each day. So what do we do? Some people say, Lord, I'll be faithful if I can just get some things settled down. When I get things right, then I'm going to be faithful. Well, I'm glad Jesus didn't wait around for us to get things right before he saved us. You know, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank goodness that he didn't wait for that day. <laughs> what else did they say? Let's see. Oh, they say nobody else takes their faith seriously. 
It's just church. <laughs> what about Patty? What about Tom? Anita and Denise? What about Ben back there? What about Keith and Ruth and Gary and Tim? All these people that you see here every Sunday serving the Lord. My wife Angie. So many of you. They take it seriously. They're just faithful folks with the same 24 hours experiencing a more abundant life. Because see, it's more blessed to give than receive. They have made room for God in their lives. They have put Him first and they're willing to, to sacrifice some other things to put the more important things first. And they're not only saving up treasures in this life, but in the one to come. How many's heard of Dwight L. Moody, great man of God? He said, there is no man living that can do the work that God has for me to do. No one can do it but myself. And if that work ain't done, I'll have to answer for it when I stand before God. God has a plan for your life. You need to find it. The fourth thing they say was, well, I was really faithful in the beginning when I first got saved and everything, but... I got burned out, you know. The church took advantage of me. And, and some churches do that. And we've been guilty of it. You know, the church latches on to anybody that will help sometimes and may tend to, to burn them out some. We're trying not to do that. We're trying to learn to, you know, have seasons where the people can reevaluate and see if they'd like to move positions or if they'd just like to take a season off. We try to be lenient and everything. We're trying not to do that. Pastor Vickers, my pastor, he, he often says that ministry is not a marathon, it's a sprint. No, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, my friend. Life is not a sprint for most of us. It's a marathon. We have to pace ourselves. And we have to learn to say no to some things. We've got to figure out what's important in our life. So if you if you felt like you got burned out at one time and you said, I don't know, I don't want to I want to enjoy life or whatever, try again. You got more wisdom than you did back then. Get your toe back in there. Start serving again. Start feeling the joy of the Lord again. Some people say, I can't help it. It's just how I was born. Well, you know what I say to that? Get born again. <laughs> <laughs> There's this, this little-known story that probably none of you have ever, ever heard. It's about this tortoise and this hare. And you all probably never heard it, but anyway, anyway they, they go on this race thing, and, and long story short, the tortoise wins. The one who paces himself. The one who stays steady and faithful. It's not the shooting star, you know, that burns the brightest is the one who burns the longest. Faithful people make their commitments few and their commitment much. Want me to say that again? This is some wisdom now. Faithful people make their commitments few, but they make their commitment much. Faithful people make their commitments few, 
but their commitment much. There's real power in the word no. And if you want your yes to have real power, you'll learn to say no to some things. Don't overcommit yourself and say yes to everything and then be like a broken tooth or a lame foot to everybody. That make any sense to anybody? The faithful would rather be steady in a little than haphazard at much. Luke 16.10, Jesus said, if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the larger ones. And if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest in greater responsibilities. Start with something little and be faithful in it, and then God will show you how to accomplish the larger things. Faithful people make up their minds always to do the right thing. I See, I'm giving you some principles so that you can step into some faithfulness in your life. If you're having issues and you've done it wrong in the past and you've been overwhelmed and right now it seems like life is too, too difficult. Faithful people just make up their minds to do the right thing. There's nothing more wise than just making up your mind right now. What if each one of us in this room right now said, from now on, any decision that comes my way, I'm just going to do the right thing. Not what my flesh wants to do. Not lie about it. Not kind of see how close I can get to the edge and ride the fence and all these. What if, what if you just made up your mind from now on I'm going to do the right thing? That's what faithful people do. They never give their flesh a say when it comes to their integrity. Your flesh will do some wacky things. If you just l listen to your flesh, you know what I mean by your flesh, your sin nature? Your old lazy man? The one you should have buried with Christ when you were raised to a new life? To be spirit-led? Don't you want your promises to carry some weight? Faithful people want their promises to carry some weight. They just ask, what's the right thing to do? And they do it. Jack Howell says, I'd rather die in the will of God than live outside of it. I bet he's faithful. That's the kind of attitude a faithful man has. I'd rather die in the will of God than to, to live outside of it. What, if, what if you don't know what the right thing to do is? Pray about it. That's right. That's the first thing you do. In John 5.19, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the Son of Man can do nothing by Himself. So even Jesus, when he became a man and came down to the earth, he could not do it by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. And whether, whatever the Father does, the Son does also. So he watched the Father. He said, I only say what I hear him say. So he's listening to the Father. And how many times did it say that he went away by himself to go up on the mountain to pray? And to hear from God. and He did that before He came down and chose the twelve disciples. He did that many times. And He would get away and He would get specific instruction. Do you know, as Christians, we're, we ought to be prayerful, uh, prayerful people? And prayer just isn't a monologue where you tell God your list of wants and leave it there and walk away. No, it's a dialogue. You tell God what's on your heart and then you stop and you listen. And you learn to hear His voice because He will lead and guide you beside still waters. And some of you ain't seen still waters in years. 
because your mind is... And you need to get quiet before God and you need to do some listening and not do all the talking. He knows more than you do. So let him do some talking. And so listen to him and then do what he says. And you say, well, some things I don't hear. I don't hear from God. Well, what do you do if you, if, if you haven't heard from God yet? You just use wisdom. Godly wisdom. You use apply biblical principles. The Bible is full of men and women as examples who did the wrong thing that you can learn from, some who did the right thing that you can learn from. There's the book of Proverbs, which is the word of wisdom. Uh, there, everything in there is for your example, for you, to teach you how to live a godly life. And so when uh, those decisions come, if it's something specific and you don't know what it is, uh, just use your common sense. There's something that isn't used often these days. You, I mean, if you don't even know biblical wisdom, at least use common sense. And, and that's what the church is for here, too. You come and you ask your brothers and sisters, I don't know what biblical wisdom is, and I ain't heard from God. What should I do? And, you, and there's, there's safety in the multitude of counselors, the Bible says. So you just don't make your decisions haphazardly. You think about it, and you say, what would Jesus do? Now, Jesus, he didn't have that luxury, <laughs> but we do. We can look and say, what would Jesus want me to do? Oftentimes, people say, Pastor, is this sin if I did this? They're trying to see how close they can get to, not, you know, to the sin without crossing the line. Look, if you're asking me that question, you already know the answer. Anything that you can't do with a good conscience is sin, my friend. So just, let's just make wise decisions. Let's decide to be people of a character and integrity and faithfulness and just do the right thing when the decisions come our way. Even if it hurts our flesh. And our flesh ain't used to being told no, I know. But tell your flesh no, you will train your flesh, your spirit man, who you are on the inside, who God gave you, will begin to lead and guide your lives. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. Which one do you want? The decision is the hands that I used to give my children. Do you want a whooping or do you want to act right? <laughs> Black and white. It's always just two. Am I going to do what God wants me to do or am I going to do what my flesh wants me to do? So just make wise decisions. and You'll begin to be a person of character and integrity. And then when you have said yes to something, you'll be a person of faithfulness. You'll show up and you'll do what you're supposed to do. It isn't that hard, is it? Faithfulness is not a trudgery. The life of faithfulness is the, the abundant life. That's the life of, of being planted and starting to see things happen. Uh, I was telling Bill this story the other day. Um, when I first started coming here, I came here for about 10 years and I worked in the children's ministry faithfully. I, I just wanted to set my hand to whatever. I was on the praise team, but I worked with children back here for about 10 years. And I worked my way up to the leadership uh, group and Pastor Paul was pastor back then and we had a leadership meeting and we sat around the table and they said, Pastor Paul said, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, the youth pastors are leaving and we're going to have to find somebody else to work with the youth. 
Now, in my mind, I was thinking, well, that's easy. I'm the only one who could do that job. <laughs> I was, Are you kidding me? You heard me preach, Pastor? <laughs> I'm like, who else? I mean, and, and so they went around the room talking about it, and nobody was mentioning my name. So I said, well, Pastor, I'm pretty sure it's me. And my wife said, what? <laughs> I said, I'm pretty sure it's me. And I'll never forget, Pastor Paul, he would always, he went, he would, you remember he would turn his head to the side. Like he ain't even thought of this, you know. <laughs> he turned his head to the side and said, we'll pray about that. And then I'll never forget what he said next. He said, y'all think Bill would want to do it? <laughs> I was like, Bill. Now, Bill's the youth pastor now. <laughs> pastor was hearing from God, but I, I think Bill was working at the time, couldn't do it, you know, his schedule or something. But, so I ended up being the youth pastor. But they wanted Bill. <laughs> but they had to settle for me. Why? Because I was there. And I was available. God uses a lot of people that all they got to offer is availability. <laughs> That's good for some of us. <laughs> Everything good in my life has come from just being faithful. I don't think I've done a lot right in my life, but I have been faithful. I've been married for 24 years now. And how many knows faithfulness is pretty important in a marriage? And I've been faithful. I've had three real jobs. I worked at FedEx for 12 years. I worked at Power and Telephone Supply for 18 years, and I've been here as your pastor for four years. And they had to basically run me out of all two before this. And I'm hoping you won't run me out of this one. Like I said, I've been with Soul Food for probably close to near or over 25 years now. I got saved in the church that I now pastor in. And they probably wanted Bill. Angie, my wife, she knows I'm faithful, but she puts it like this. He never knew when to quit. <laughs> I can be awful irritating too. But it's worked out well for me. I mean, I feel like the most blessed man in the whole world. I feel like an oak planted by the living waters where just continually fed. That Just because I, I didn't maybe have the most to offer, but I was there and I got to see it all and I got to be a part of everything that's going on. And I love it. As much as Jesus did for me, could I be anything less than faithful? I mean, since I got saved, all I want to do is serve Him. All I want to do is give Him more. And I'm constantly saying, God, show me if there's something else I can do. And show me where to say no so I can be more fruitful. You know, there's a scripture about pruning plants so that it can produce more. I should have mentioned that earlier, shouldn't I? 1 Samuel 12, 24, the priest Samuel, he said, Be sure to fear the Lord and to serve Him faithfully with all your heart. Do it from your heart. Not like that scripture said in the offering. Not out of compulsion, but be a cheerful giver. 
Do it with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Larry Kramer says we shouldn't have to be faithful. We should want to be faithful. We shouldn't have to. We should want to. I mean, with all our heart, I want to. Jesus was faithful and we were not. Turn to 2 Timothy. We'll, we're going to close. If you're, if you're getting anything today, say amen. amen. 2 Timothy 2, verse 11. We're going to see something about Jesus right here. And I don't think any of you will deny that He has been faithful. It says, this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with Him. See, these are promises. So, so what if it gets hard, Moses? Keep going. If we endure hardship, we will reign with Him. If we deny Him, uh-oh, He will deny us. Verse 13 says, if we are unfaithful, what's He going to be, unfaithful? If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he can not deny who he is. He is faithful. In Revelations, he's called the Word of God. He's called faithful and true. He is not a man that he should lie. When he is committed to do it, he will do it. Is there anybody in here that would raise their hand and say, he's not been faithful to me? He's been faithful to all of us. Lamentations 3.23 says, Great is His faithfulness. His mercies are new each morning. They're fresh. Doesn't the sun rise every morning in your life? Is there somebody living around here that doesn't have a sunrise in the morning? <laughs> you know, it's fixing to turn cooler. Thank goodness for the seasons. The faithfulness of Jesus the turning of the seasons, the ocean tides coming and going, but never going past the boundaries that He has laid out for us. He gives rain to the just and to the unjust. He is faithful. Do you have breath in your lungs? Say faithful. Do you have a beat in your heart? Faithful. He's faithful in everything. And we can see it in your lives, in every act of kindness that you give. We're reminded of the faithfulness of Christ. Anytime you forgive somebody, we're reminded of His faithfulness to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We're reminded of His faithfulness. Every work of charity that you, that you do, every cold cup of water that you give to a little child, we're reminded that Jesus is faithful, that He's still saving wretches like me every day. He's faithful. Till the end. He's not willing that any should perish and be lost. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Tom said, without faithfulness, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I want to be full of faith. I want to be faithful. Full of faith means faithful. It's putting your Actions where your thoughts are, where your words are. Let's be faithful. The house of God is a house of the faithful. 
It is. And it's beautiful because of your faithfulness to it. Some of you say, well, you know, I, I can't come every week. I can't do this. And, and you go back to that list of excuses, but we miss you when you're gone. I know I'm not talking to you because it's only the people that are not here today that, that, need, to, that need this message. But it's beautiful because you're here. It's beautiful because you have taken ownership that you are the house of God. Not only is this our house and God's house, we are the house of God. And we're, we need to be faithful in all of God's house. And it becomes a beautiful, beautiful. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.